everyone and welcome to the 41st ever episode of the best podcast in the world culture bucket yeah yeah um it's a pleasure to be back with you again um we've gone into our we've, we're in our 40s now which as we discussed last week is pretty exciting that we've managed to do this mm-hmm. over 40 times um we're bringing you today our third ever special episode where we're going to do a bit of a deep dive chat. It'll be a shorter episode overall, but that's okay. Occasionally we can we can be be brief. We can practice brevity. That's fine. Um, and we're going to be talking about the new Netflix movie, A Classic Horror Story. But I can't do that on my own. So I am George, and I am joined by my co-host, who is called Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, George. Hi, everyone. How are you, G, today? I'm good, thank you, Alex. Uh, I'm on holiday now. I'm in another place, so if I sound slightly different, that's why. But um, I'm feeling much more relaxed and less uh, filled with anxiety, so that's good. good. And also, you look much cooler yeah. than the last time we spoke. <laughs> that you were melting. Well, it's not as I'm. I'm on the coast. I'm on the coast, so it's not as warm. It's still warm. I'm hot. I'm too. I'm hotter than I would prefer to be, but uh, not. Like I was the other day. Um, how are you? Is that you? a new keep cup? No, no, it's the same keep cup. Ah. Oh. Yeah, it's got a tempered glass. It's got a little cork <laughs> lining to stop you from burning your hand, which I discovered the other day was very useful because my mum made me a cup of coffee in it uh, and put it down next to my dad, who's like a cat. He can't see a thing without having to interact with it. So he picked it up by the glass and burnt his hand. So... The cork lining really is clutch. Uh, I would never, to... I would never compare your dad with a cat. <laughs> but that's quite funny to think your dad is a cat. He's <laughs> always got to be touching things now. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm great. Um, the heat has come back in Italy, uh, so I am boiling but i'm very excited about today's episode i'm very yeah man i'm intrigued to know what you think about <laughs> the film you have chosen for us to watch uh, for this uh, special i'm very intrigued to know what you think of the yeah. film it was very uh, difficult can't... yesterday after i watched it not to text you go what? <laughs> like, put the phone away alex put the phone away <laughs> keep it for the well. podcast um, it's a special episode. We're not doing all yeah. our normal features, but I wondered if we had time for a MyTube before we kick off. Yeah, we always have time. It's relevant to the topic of the day because okay. it is a YouTube trailer for a new spooky movie that is, uh, well, we'll talk about it after we've watched it, but are okay. you up for it? Absolutely. Magic, 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 ooh, ooh, ooh. Click on this and click on that. I'll watch this and I'll watch that. Click on this and click on 
Okay, so let me know when to start. Okay, start it in three, two, one, go. Click. looking at me. <laughs> no! <laughs> no! Oh! Not from the back! <laughs> okay. Okay, I so... I just watched the trailer for a film called Malignant. Malignant. It's the hotly anticipated new movie from James Wan, who made Saw, Insidious and The Conjuring, and is a mm. sort of a modern day, probably the modern day master of horror, uh, if that okay. makes sense. Yeah. And um, the reason I wanted us to watch that today is because this film has been shrouded in secrecy since its production. Nobody's known much about it, other than early rumours that it was going to be his attempt to do a sort of tribute to Italian sort of 70s giallo films. Mm. And that's all over the trailer. And I think that's proven correct. You've got like the way some of the shots are bathed in red light and blue light, mm. the close-ups of eyeballs, the way it seems to be about an investigation, people like mm. doing detective work and looking for things. It's so, it, all of that Dario Argento mm. stuff and things like that. So... <clears throat> Considering what we're about to talk about for us today, I thought it might be interesting to have a look at this um, tribute to it and show that people mm. still care about Italian uh, horror cinema. What did you make of it, that trailer? This? Um, I, th I, th I think it will be a pretty scary film to watch. I'm never going to watch it. <laughs> but I'm sure it's going to be great uh, if he wants to give homage to Dario Gento horror and stuff. Great. Um, I've yeah. never watched Dario Gento, so I have no idea what you're talking about. But um, <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be great. It scared me just watching the trailer. So uh, it'll be a big mm. movie when it comes out. Mm. I, like you know, in terms of not necessarily successful, but it'll be like a big release. Yeah. If you see what I mean. Yeah. So it's interesting to see the first look at that film. Let's move on and talk about our main film of today that we're going to do a deeper dive into, a classic horror story. Yeah. What did you think when you sat down to watch this film? So I watched the trailer and then a classic horror story. I assumed, uh, and also like, uh, I assumed it was good, after talking to you about it, that it would have been either an homage to or horror films or like something that like a pattern that horror films do. Like this is what yeah, is gonna it, happen and this is what we're offering you straight from the title. So that's what I was expecting from the start. Yeah, uh, signaling there's gonna be a twister. It's not just gonna be a cliche. Not it's not just gonna be a normal film, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's something that you could expect, and I think. Uh, before watching it, I was like, I need to look for clues of hmm. horror films that I might know. How, what did you feel? Um, kind of similarly, like it didn't, it didn't have much pre-release buzz, um, which mm. seems to happen a lot of the time for Netflix movies. Netflix won't really talk about films until they're ready for them to sort of come out. So yeah, I hadn't heard about it until the trailer kind of popped up and... <clears throat> 
as soon as you see the title, like you, you're like, that's not going to be a normal film. There's going to be some. Yeah. It's it's either going to crumble under the weight of its own cleverness, or it's going to yeah. be some kind of great meta cabin in the woods esque twist. Because I, I don't you you haven't seen cabin in the woods, have you? No, that's the problem. Like um, yeah. I haven't seen. And also you think, I don't think, before watching it, I wasn't expecting something original, like something mind-blowingly original. There's like, ah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's, so the the Cabin in the Woods came out about a decade ago now and is a twist on like the evil dead plot of a bunch of teenagers go to stay in a cabin in the woods and then get killed Mm. by zombies. So similar to this being called a classic horror story, that being called The Cabin in the Woods implies immediately that there's going to be something else going on. And in terms of that movie, I'm not going to spoil it here because we're talking about a classic horror story today, but that movie is like the platonic ideal of what um, a meta, twisty horror film that knows it's a horror film should be. The Cabin in the Woods is a, is the perfect version of that. So a classic horror story, in a way, as soon as it starts and it gives you that title, it's positioning itself on a, on a shelf next to films like The Cabin in the Woods. So it mm. immediately gives you certain expectations. And it's interesting because the, there's probably, there's there's quite a few references throughout it to other horror movies, but the three main big ones I noticed are all films I know you've seen. So I'll be interested yeah. to know if you picked up on well, them. Yeah, well, there's definitely Midsummer. Yeah. I tell you the ones that I thought that I it reminded me of. So it was definitely Midsummer. And yeah. then once you remind me of Ben Wheatley's Kill List, and then yeah. the the horn reminded me of uh, Battle Royale. I don't know if I was looking too much into it, because it's like when there's a horn, you have to go like, crap, we need to move. And yeah. that's what it reminded me of. Um, like there's the misery moment, the floppy foot, and then... Um, and then there's uh, the, cha- um, the cha- Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, yeah. Uh, Blair Witch Project. One of the scenes remind me a bit of Kill Bill when she opens the the trailer and she oh, shoots yes. the girl. I was desperately trying to work out what that reminded me of, and it was it was it was that scene in Kill Bill. Right. Let's yeah. let's talk about the more let's talk about all those moments in more detail in a few minutes. But let's go over the okay. the sort of plot and setup a little bit. Okay. So this is a 2021 film. It's an Italian film. Yeah. Yeah. So did you watch it without subtitles, or did you? Um, how did yeah, you go? I watched it. I watched it um, just like as a film. Original. That's yeah. That's great. Uh, it's got four writers and it's got two directors: Robert DeFeo, Roberto DeFeo, and Paolo Stripoli. Who Stripoli. I've looked up and I've not Stripoli. Sorry, I've looked up and I've, I've looked them both up, and um, I haven't seen anything else that they've been in mm. that they've directed. But uh, so this seems to be kind of the biggest thing they've done. Um, yeah. It also stars uh, a variety of actors. It's got Matilda Lutz, Will Merrick, Yulia Sobel, Sobel Justin Korovkin, Pepino Mazotta, uh, and a few others. The main two that I already knew, or the only two that I knew at all, was Matilda Lutz is uh, an Italian actress who starred in an incredible French movie called Revenge. That's one of mm. the best um, films of the past few years. It's it's amazing that movie. And Will Merrick is a British actor. Yeah, he was in Skins. In Skins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, looks a lot. Also, looks like James Acaster. So it was bizarre when oh, yeah. he popped up in it. Yeah, when it popped up, I was like, I know that guy, and I thought, James Acaster, but he won't be in that movie. And I was like, I oh, know it's the guy from Skins. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, uh, which is bonkers because there's a point in the movie where they start talking about Bristol and I was like, oh, it's all yeah. of the Alex things. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, so the setup of the movie is that there's a guy called, is he called Fabrizio? Fabrizio? Yeah, Fabrizio. Um, Fabrizio uh, has a camper van and he organises carpools um, with an app, which is something I would never, ever, ever do, but basically ever. a group of strangers. <laughs> no. Never. <laughs> Um, Especially you can, it's in that camper van. Why would you go in a yeah. camper van? No. No. It's a group of, uh, it's an app where you can sort of all say that you want to go to the same place and then carpool there together and save money. Mm. So it's like Fabrizio is the guy that owns the camper van. Then you've got um, Mark and Sophia, who are like a young couple. Mark's the English guy and Sophia's Italian. Um, Elisa is a, is a girl who is kind of our main character, and the film opens with her discussing yeah. with her mum that she's going on this trip to have an abortion. Yeah. Um, which is just an odd... Well, I don't know, we'll talk about this more later, but I'm not quite sure why that is... is I, you sort of forget about that for the rest of the movie until the end, I, I feel like. Uh, there's a bit where they talk about it uh, in, um, in the middle, when uh, just yeah. towards the end. Yeah. Um, but it's not, it's an odd sort of, I don't know, anyway, but, and then you've got, mm. um, the only other one is Peppino Mazzotta as a mm. doctor. He's kind of the older person of the group. Yeah. Um, and that's your main people. And they're going off on this road trip across Italy to, and they've all got their own reasons to be going away. And, um, obviously the British guy is the most obnoxious and unpleasant person on the, <laughs> in the van. So he gets yeah. drunk. He forces the uh, Elisa, who's pregnant, he doesn't know that, but we know that, to drink. And uh, it's basically just obnoxious and horrible. Um, so, yeah, so he gets drunk, he makes everyone else drink, he's generally awful. Uh, he decides at one point, they've all stopped to go to the toilet or something. Do you remember why they stopped initially? Uh, they stopped because she had to vomit. She's Yeah, she's vomiting. Elisa's vomiting because yeah. he made her drink because he's an idiot. Uh, and mm. then he decides he's going to drive the camper van because he's better at driving when he's drunk. Uh, this movie really has very little time for British people. <laughs> <laughs> um, sort of implication is that, yeah, he just thinks it's absolutely fine to drink and drive. Um, so obviously then um, they are driving along. They encounter a goat, a dead goat in the middle of the road. And they swerve to hit a tree, although it's not totally clear who causes them to swerve, whether it's uh, the British guy or Fabrizio, but they end up swerving and hitting a tree. Everyone gets knocked out, and when they wake up, for some, somehow their camper van is now in the middle of a field and not by the side of the road where they hit the tree. Um, at this point, it's also important to note that as well as Mark being the most obnoxious member of the crew, Fabrizio is giving pretty good um, competition to that title, by filming a video diary with a group of strangers. Uh, and he's, he's opened, the, at the start of the movie, there's a scene where he's all making them introduce themselves. And I was, just, I was just thinking, I would just get off this camper van immediately. I'm not being part of your video diary. <laughs> I've not agreed yeah, to that. Yeah, in two seconds. Yeah. Yeah, I would see the camper van. I'm like, no, I'm not going in there. That's definitely... No. <laughs> 
Um, so that's sort of the basic setup of the film. Uh, at this point, we should probably note that we're going to talk sort of full spoilers of this movie all the way through because it's a special deep dive episode. We're going to have to do that. So if you got to this point and you have you sound intrigued and you'd like to watch the movie before continuing, if you haven't watched it yet, pause it now and go and watch it because we're going to start talking in a bit more detail now about what actually happens in this film. So that's your opportunity to do that. Cool. So <laughs> they Come get on, to you um, know you want to watch the film. <laughs> they all. What did you think of their reaction to realizing that they're now in the middle of a field? Because I felt it was understated. Um. <clears throat> well, the thing is, they didn't. It, I think it was understated because they didn't realize that they thought they they arrived there so they thought the road would just be there so they had an accident and they all passed out um and then they're there in the middle of the field and i think i think if you if you if you believe that your the road is there and you just had an accident then you go oh yeah that's annoying you're not gonna like scream at uh mark well um i think uh they will at some point but I feel like they were just like, oh, yeah, we had an accident. It's terrible. We're just walking up in the field. So the road is there. It's not a problem. It's yeah. when they realise there's no road. Mark has seriously injured his leg, so he has to stay in the camper van. Uh, the doctor, luckily there's a doctor with them. He kind of does a bit, a, a, his best job of a splint on it. And then the doctor and Fabrizio go off into the woods to look for the road, which they yeah. think is going to take them as you just said, I think it's going to take them a couple of minutes and uh, they discover on that journey that the road is nowhere to be seen. And uh, Elisa and Sophia, at th- this point, they go off to look at this house that's on this field as well because <laughs> Alex is shaking her head. You wouldn't like, go and look at the like house? The, the most terrifying house you could possibly see. Yeah, like, what did you think pointy. of the design of this house? It was terrifying. Like, yeah. you see a house... Like with a pointy roof, a diamond-shaped um, window, in the middle of nowhere, with like kind of red stuff on the on the door. Like no, I would stay in the yeah. camper van until somebody takes me away. Like I'm not moving. <laughs> this this house gave the whole thing really strong fairy tale vibes. I thought for a little while. Yeah, yeah, it was terrifying when she knocks on the door. So at one point, um, Sophia knocks on the door and she wants to get in. I was like, what? Don't knock at the door. Just, just go away. I don't. No. But you've got to investigate. You've got to work out what's going on, Alex. You don't have to work out anything. You just have to stay put until somebody saves you. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> just don't move. They kept um, moving. Just stay. No, put. they're proactive. So while they're doing that, uh, the Ricardo and Fabrizio are going through the woods, and they they stumble upon um, a bizarre scene mm. of what looks like a ritual sacrifice of yeah. pigs and there's yeah. those p- pig heads on um sticks and there's people behind them and it's just a horrible image looks like something out of the Blair Witch Project or something else yeah um one of the pigs is crying which is disturbing and unpleasant yeah um and uh they immediately turn around and start heading back towards the camper van and while that's happening yeah. is it is at this point that Elisa and Sophia discover this do they go up into the attic of this house and they discover the um, tale of these three sort of gods? Yeah. Do you remember the names of those gods? 
Oh, yeah, they're fantastic. They're called Ostro, Mastoso, and Carcagnoso. Yes. Does that mean anything to you as an Italian? Um, at the end, at the end, he says they are the names of the three uh, of three mafia bosses, uh, Andrangheta bosses. I'm not mm. sure if they're real, uh, but um, that's what he says at the end because, uh, well, then we'll, we'll explain the end in a second. But yeah, he that's what he says towards yeah, yeah, yeah. the end. But I didn't so, actually, yeah. They also line up with three scarecrows that the Fabrizio and the Doctor found with these pig heads in terms of it's a big sort of... It's it's the three monkeys, isn't it, essentially? It's like one can't yeah. see, one can't hear, and one can't um, speak. Um, mm. And they're meant to be, yeah, the people people are supposedly sacrificing uh, humans to them in exchange mm. for uh, wealth and things like this. So I think they decide at this point that the house is cre- creepy. They agree with you at this point, Alex, that the house is too creepy. So they decide they're going to sleep in their camper van overnight. But they wake up. And they can hear oh. screaming. Oh, go on. Osso, Mastrosso, Carcagnoso are the three um, brothers that uh, started um, the mafia. Oh, really? In, in real life, in Italy. genuinely? Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, That's because the story though. that he tells, the story that he tells about um, these three that they were called because people were hungry, uh, the mafia started like that so the mafia started as people helping and protecting the community however yeah. then it became an uh organized crime so yeah, i yeah. think maybe it's also um uh, that that they um uh just kind of like show how you know because at one point fabrizio says nothing nobody gives you anything for nothing so yeah. you know the three in the film wanted certain parts of the body yeah uh, to uh as a as a as payment for helping the 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 community and uh, that's exactly what mafia was the mafia was there to help the people and now and to help community and to give protection but now it's become like a massive well now then it became a massive organized crime yeah it'll cut out your eyes yeah the mafia is like all the way through this movie in a way that like even though it's an Italian film, I was not expecting necessarily this film to have such a massive preoccupation with the mafia and to even have mm. these three characters named after those who started the mafia. And there's a scene earlier in the film where they're reading a local newspaper and they discuss how the mayor of this community has um, sort of gone up against the mafia and is trying to run the yeah. mafia out of, out of town and stuff. Um, and that ends up being an important point a little bit later on. But at this point, they're sleeping in the camper van overnight. And they wake up in the middle of the night and they can hear screaming coming from the creepy fairy tale, which is Cabin Alex. Yeah. What what do you do? What do but you do? But before that, who oh, goes yeah. for a piss? I don't remember. Fabrizio, the guy that has the camper van, ah, goes for a goes... pee in the woods. Yeah. And in that moment, I was like, pee in a bottle. Pee in a bottle. Why would you pee? <laughs> like, I pee myself. Like, I'd rather just, just pee yourself. No? no. No, that's So he goes fair. in the woods and he sees to pee, like he could have he could have easily done it next day, to pee. And then whilst he's peeing in the woods, he sees somebody. Whilst he's peeing in the woods by seeing somebody, the people in the van hear scream. Yes, you're right. Yes, yes. And then Fabrizio comes back and says, there's people in the woods. 
But then there are screams in the cabin. What do you do? You stay in the caravan. <laughs> no. no, no, you have no, to find Fabrizio out about gets, the screaming. Fabrizio gets everyone, and then takes them into the cabin. But it's but it's interesting you put it because Fabrizio might have an ulterior motive for wanting <clears throat> the characters to continue moving through the story and not being static. Absolutely, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, so they go into this um, cabin. I think the girls go in before. The girls yeah, because women women are braver than women are braver than men, so that that makes sense. Yeah, so the girls go in before and they find um, a latch, and they go yeah. upstairs. Yeah, they go upstairs and they find um, the wicker man is happening <laughs> upstairs. The wicker man is happening. <laughs> there's a girl. There's a little girl uh, in a big bundle of well wicker, and uh, she's had her tongue horrifically removed, and it's in a little jar next to her, and. Yeah. Um, they decide not to save her there and then. It's quite strange. Um, mm. I guess because then, well, then they hear the siren and it's interesting that you pointed out or you said that that reminded you of Battle Royale. Mm. It reminded me, um, not of Battle Royale, but that's a perfectly valid um, point. But for me, it reminded me of the video game Silent Hill. Ah, well, that's probably in- it. Because it might be, it might be both, but in in Silent Hill, the whole thing is the game is set in this town, and when the air raid siren noise goes off, that sounded just like the one in that film, um, oh. the world it changes into like a hell world, hellscape version of, oh. um, of the normal world, and the siren mm-hmm. is your warning, effectively, in the game that something bad is about to happen, and it definitely seems to have the same function in this movie, where when they hear the siren inevitably something bad happens. And in this instance, the first time they hear the siren, they see some masked figures approach uh, the caravan and take Mark. Take Mark? <laughs> take Mark. Well, he he's in it. I, well, I don't like Mark, so it's fine. They take Mark and they drag him into the cabin with, unbeknownst to these masked figures, the rest of our uh, characters are hiding in the attic and they can see what's going on through cracks in the floor and stuff. Uh, they put him on the table and they do something unspeakable to his legs. Ugh. What do they do to his? What do they do to his? They, feet? They, <laughs> they misery those legs. Yeah, they hobble him. They smack him about with the, and that's got to be. I mean, that has to be a reference to misery. That just yeah. has to be. Um, and then they get this um, vice. Is it a vice? What would you call it? A clamp. Yeah. They place it over his head. It has these. Oh. These, it's been it's been perfectly tailored and manufactured to match exactly uh mark's um is he called yeah mark's uh eyes which is which is good um well i guess i guess they were turning it to make it bigger or smaller weren't they yeah i guess maybe but they've set it up they've got it they've got it calibrated perfectly um to do the job that they want it to do for some reason and they they press it in uh, the spikes go into Mark's eyes and then his head is... Mark's done, basically, at this point. There's no more Mark in the movie. James Acaster got to go home on this day of shooting. And, um, mm. yeah. <laughs> what did you make of... Because this is sort of... Well, the film opens with... Um, uh, the film opens with a scene unrelated to the rest of the movie of a woman lying on a table screaming and then someone comes in with a hammer and does this to her legs. Um, yeah. Which is what we've just seen have to Mark. But then... Between that scene and this scene, there's not really any other scenes of violence until we get to this point. What did you think of... How did this um, 
where did this rate for you on your kind of ability to handle violence and unpleasantness? It was horrible. Mm. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like it. I was just no. like, well, I had a pillow in front of me. And I was like, ah, <laughs> ah, I just, yeah, I just, I just hate that kind of stuff. Yeah. It does cut away before you see anything happen to his face. Yeah, it does cut away, is... but my, my mind works very well. That's the thing. Well. It can be, yeah, it can be more powerful sometimes to not show those yeah. things. Yeah. And, then, and, uh, and I was like, is it, is it, is it, and then the screaming and the screeching and, oh, it's just horrible. And also like the, just the point, like, I think, I think it took quite a while for it to happen. And so the pointy things on his eye, by, by his eyes, I was like, oh, just do it, just do it, just do it, just bloody put it down. And so, but it, it kind of carried on a bit yeah. too, too, for, hmm, yeah. There's a, there's a video game called Dead Space 2, one of the best horror games ever made. And there's a sequence in that where I, I can't remember, there's something in the back of your main character's eye, maybe a chip or something. And you have to basically... Oh. <laughs> You have to control a needle to go through his pupil and take this thing out of his eye or whatever. And it, it reminded me of that. Uh, eye trauma is horrible. But also, there is a there is a strong history of eye trauma in Italian horror cinema. Mm. It, I think um, it's, so, it's, it's such a vulnerable part, isn't it? Yeah, like exactly. It's so you squishy. Don't want... and, like, yeah. and so if you put something against your eye... And you squish eyes, oh, and then it's, it's like a vessel to your brain. Yeah, it's a fundamental way in which you interact with the world. Yeah, if if you took an eye-sized chunk out of your sh- shoulder, that was you, you're gonna. That's fine. That's not gonna affect your life too much. But yeah, taking your eye, that's uh, that's not good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's a there's a move like Lucio Fulci. I think is the the Italian director who particularly enjoys um, causing eye trauma. Uh, in a movie, there's a movie called Zombie Flesh Eaters, which has a really famous horrific um sequence of someone's face being pulled very slowly towards a big splinter and it's not very nice at all so (laughs) i just made it's not it's not good um but yeah so they decide to they drag the the masked figures drag mark's body away and uh the rest of the crew decide to hide in the attic of this cabin overnight and wait until dawn and for some reason that i can't understand they wait until dawn to let this girl out of the wicker prison in which she is encased did it not do it straight after no Mark it's daylight it's away. daylight when yeah they yeah let her because out. it's night time because it's, yeah. it was it was late night early morning i felt it was a continuation of a scene like it's now it's getting morning it's morning i felt like it was more there was more of a like they slept i don't there. feel like they fell asleep i thought they did fall asleep no, me. I don't know. Like, uh, like I felt. I felt like it was late night, early morning, and then when Maybe. that happens, then. But they the sun, the sun was fully up when they took her out of it. Like there was definitely a gap. I guess. I don't. <laughs> Maybe they had a discussion that we I didn't see. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Anyway, they take the girl. They rescue her. They go. They try to escape, and they stumble upon um a car graveyard yeah uh which i guess just kind of scares them into realizing that maybe this is a quite a big operation that's going on here um and elisa has a touching moment with the girl where she shows her her diary and the girl's name is revealed to be kiara and she writes a a cryptic message in her diary for elisa what does she write 
So Elisa asks, how do we get out of this forest? And Chiara, who is the girl without a tongue, tells her, this is not a forest. Dun, dun, dun! Yeah. What? Well, it's odd, that, because even knowing how the film all plays out, it is a forest. Yeah, but if you say it's not a forest, then it, it gives you questions. Like, yeah. if she had said, oh, yeah, it's a forest. I don't know how we get out. That would have been like, okay, well, I guess, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, and I guess sim- similar to Fabrizio, is, it is later revealed that maybe Chiara also has ulterior motives for wanting to keep them all creeped out and scared. So, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, so, yeah, so uh, they basically they walk around in circles. They get completely lost and they end up back in the clearing. Blair Witch vibes are super strong in that bit. That's definitely a sort of, it's got to be a bit of a reference to Blair Witch Project, I reckon. Yeah. Um, and then they, when they get back to the clearing, their camper van has disappeared. That's not good. That's not good. Because no. I would have stayed in that camper van until somebody came to save me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But now they have to go and sleep in the cabin, which is a crazy decision because they know the cabin is not a safe place. They've watched somebody be murdered in the cabin. It is definitely not a safe space. No. Um... So they wake up uh, in the middle of the night and, um, or Elisa wakes up and realises that all of the um, creepy well, people... Well, before that was... happens... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have, uh, they find a beer. Yeah. And they have a beer in, yeah. in the creepy cabin. They have a yeah. lovely moment and Sophia says that she wants to uh, revenge her boyfriend and Sophia then says to uh, Elisa that she needs to, you know... Uh, save herself for her baby and there's a really sweet moment with Chiara as well Uh, then they all fall asleep yeah I guess I skipped that just then because nothing creepy was happening and I'm only I'm all for the creepy times but you are right to point out it's a good (laughs) good character moment I thought thought that was a was a good moment to kind of like build up the creep because at that point I was thinking don't fall asleep and they're all lying down i was like don't fall. Yeah. why why are you lying down and so i was already a little bit creeped out because you they were having a lovely moment but at the same time mm-hmm. you're gonna fall asleep if you're lying down like that and they're gonna come and get you yeah. and what happens they um they well elisa wakes up and i think yeah. it's just her and fabrizio in the cabin now and the others three have disappeared yeah she goes outside and there are hundreds of people stood outside wearing masks. Um, very similar to Kill List. That really reminded me of Kill List. I was yeah, like, Kill I can List. You see that? <laughs> uh, there's also a film from this year or late last year. That's, it's all weird at the moment, isn't it, with releases and stuff. But the, there's a film called The Empty Man, which I really enjoyed, that has a similar vibe okay. in it uh, at point. And then there's a movie I've never seen called Cub. Um, about mm. a young feral boy that attacks people and his mask in that movie I've seen on the poster and trailers and stuff is made of tree bark um, and mm. looks really similar to the masks that the characters in this wear. Um, that's not a huge film, so I'm not sure if they're referencing Cub, but it looks, it the mask designs themselves really reminded me of the film um, Cub. So yeah, so um, she walks outside, Elisa walks outside because um, everyone else has vanished and uh, she sees all these people and then there's a stage set up yeah. And um, Chiara, Ricardo and Sophia are trapped on this stage and then there's just an unpleasant ritual takes place. Yeah, pretty unpleasant. <laughs> yeah. And there's uh, again these eyes. Yeah, some like, eyes are removed. 
some eyes are removed. Some ears are removed. Kiara is trapped inside a giant scarecrow thing. Um, They attach the eyes to a mask, which looks (laughs) more funny than scary, I think, really. That was a pretty funny mask, wasn't it? That's a goofy (laughs) mask. (laughs) That's like if if Sesame Street were doing human sacrifices, that's what the mask would look like. (laughs) If Bert and Ernie were sacrificing Big Bird, they might make a mask that looked like that. Um, But the, the mask is hoisted up onto the top of this huge figure. Um... And uh, they so at this point, Sophia and Ricardo are killed. They have their throats cut. Doom. And then Elisa realizes something. Yes. Elisa realizes that something is up with Fabrizio. Yes. And she accuses him of putting sleeping pills in their beer. Yeah. Because he didn't drink any of the beer. And he freaks out, tells her she's being crazy, and she hugs mm-hmm. him, and then she starts to hear a little tiny voice. And Fabrizio has an earpiece, and somebody is sending him instructions and telling him what to do. What did you think of that? What did you think of this twist, Alex? Was this what you were expecting? Uh, I, started, I started not believing Fabrizio for... I've been, like, I've been a bit suspicious of Fabrizio for a little bit. Uh, and, um, and then when she says, oh, you, you didn't drink. I was like, of course, of course there's something to do with him. And then when the earpiece, I was like, what? Because I don't watch this kind of film. So for me, it was just like, an earpiece? What's that for? Oh, and, uh, oh, because I don't watch these films. So for me, it was just quite exciting. I was like, what is happening here? Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, 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 I imagined that he was in with it. Yeah. Uh, but I wasn't sure how or why. I love the shot that he, because the earpiece tells him to put Elisa by yeah. the, um, under this um, deer bust. Yeah. yeah. And he goes there and there's this like wide pan shot and he looks at the deer and he's like take take her away like who take her away and then this guy in the mask takes her away yeah just uh, but the shot doesn't change it all happens behind he's in the foreground and then the action all occurs in the background it's a great it is a great shot i thought it was a brilliant shot i was like what awesome yeah (laughs) i think because i'm just a horror novice i'm like oh no, no, no! Oh it was definitely. God. It was like it's probably the most imaginative <laughs> bit of direction and sort of staging in the movie. I reckon it's a, it's a great mm. little kind of set piece. And uh, yeah. it's interesting. I watched the movie with my brother, and as soon as the movie started, as soon as Fabrizio came on screen, my brother was like, "He's going to be the guy." I reckon he's going to be the guy. And I just went, "No, I don't think so. That's not at all." And he was right. Yeah, um, yeah. It was. It was. <laughs> it, there were clues all throughout. Yeah, um, definitely. But I guess as it went yeah. on, I st- in my head yeah. I started to be more and more like, oh, I think he's right. I think it is. Yeah. Really and then yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, she gets knocked. She gets taken out of the house and knocked out. Um. Or as uh, I'm using I'm using Wikipedia to help remind me of how it goes. And whoever's written the <laughs> Wikipedia summary of this movie describes this scene as she's taken by a cult member out of the house and seriously knocked out. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> seriously. Serious. She's seriously yeah. knocked out. Um, 
Yeah, and when she wakes up in the morning, she is sat in a wheelchair and her hands have been nailed to the wheelchair while she's forced to attend a dinner. Combining two scenes, I think. The dinner scene, this has strong... Her her position as a, as a sort of kidnapped victim uh, being forced to attend this meal against her will really strongly reminds me of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the kind of iconic mm. family dinner scene at the end of that. But then the rest of this this scene is is feels at times like a shot for shot remake of um, scenes from Midsummer. Yeah, like this scene yeah. is a Midsummer scene. There are moments in this where she starts moaning and the rest of the yeah. congregation sat on the table start moaning in time with her, and that is exactly. That's probably the yeah. strongest reference to another movie in yeah. this. That is exactly what happens yeah. in Midsummer. Um, yeah. when Florence Pugh is sort of having her breakdown near the end. Um, slightly but I, less... I loved it. I don't know. Yeah. I, thought it was, I, I thought it was a kind of really interesting recreation of it. It is fascinating. Know. It's a weird scene because um, it cuts and shows that at the head of the table is sat um, a character that we haven't met in person yet, but we've seen a picture of her in a, in a newspaper. It's the mayor of the town who is supposedly... Yeah. Uh, attempting to drive out the mafia and f- during this scene it's basically revealed that she is in with the mafia yeah so at this point in the movie that's kind of what we're led to believe is that she's in with the mafia she's interested in the mafia and then quite strangely a police car drives up Elisa's screaming to, for help and the mayor gets up leaves and just drives off with the police <laughs> it's a very weird moment it happens with such sort of it happens. It's all. It's all in. Again, it's quite a well staged shot. I think it happens in the distance. You never see the police up close. Yeah. The police car is in the background of the shot the entire yeah. time, and you watch the mayor slowly walk across to the police car. Yeah. And I just thought that was quite a surreal. It gave it a kind of an unreal air. I thought. Yeah. To that whole scene, yeah. the way she just walks away from this horrific scene into Even a police the mayor car that's in the distance. Looks unreal, doesn't she? With her like her blonde short hair. And her red nails and red lipstick and red. She looks a bit like a character. Out yeah. of like it just she doesn't look real, does she? No, she looks like a cartoon character. Doesn't it? And I was expecting yeah. again when she got to the police car, I was expecting to bring the police officer back over to bring a gun over to do something. But the way she just gets in the car and it drives off and leaves her, beh- leaves Elisa and all the cult members behind is such a. I felt so much angst there because <laughs> nobody can help. But because the thing is, I was thinking that point. She's alone. Nobody's yeah. with her. Yeah. What what they going like? It was just for me. It was a moment of complete and utter. She has. She's alone. She's she's alone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, it felt right because the the people that are supposed to save you, the police, have gone. So nobody is gonna save you. Yeah, I I found that pretty kind of like I don't know. It, it's definitely no. I can see what you mean. It's definitely scary. Somebody takes a somebody so at this point. We move into the final act of the film, I reckon. Yeah. Um, where the big reveals really start coming about what really is going on. She's wheeled off to a sort of a control room. There's a big screen of TVs in front of her, and you can, she can see that um, basically everywhere they've been and everything they've done, there's been cameras watching them the whole time. Yeah. And then suddenly, the the entire wall switches to one single shot of uh, Fabrizio, who goes on to explain what is happening. What is happening, Alex? Well, uh, Fabrizio is making real uh, horror films. So uh, f- uh, horror films that involve uh, real people. Yeah, snuff but, uh, films. Uh, hmm? Snuff movies, they're called. Uh, sn- oh, do they exist? 
Um, no, but it's it's almost like an urban myth of like films that actually okay. have real people dying and them are known as snuff movies, and it's a whole thing okay. about whether any actually yeah. exist or not. But I think this 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 part's got one of my favorite scenes where she just oh, yeah. starts laughing at her, at him, <laughs> uh, and she just says, uh, "I even wrote it down. Your film sucks. Uh, is is it's it's just a film uh, copied from." loads of other film but she says the word scopiazzato and scopiazzato right. is like badly badly copied it's like oh right. you scopiazzato so it's like she goes she goes oh you uh you you badly copied loads of other films and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she laughs at the names of the three people yeah and then as soon as she, he tells her these are the three people that started the mafia she her face changes again and she goes oh oh okay but she just says the names laughing because she thought it was hilarious but then right. those are the actual names of uh you know um, the kind of like the founders of mafia and i first right. thought that show that scene was kind of really well made interesting yeah and mm. she's right his film like yeah not this movie Badly. that we've watched necessarily, but his film would be terrible. His film yeah. would be awful. Yeah. And that's what she says. And she's like, you, you kill people for this badly copied crap. Yeah. yeah. And none of, yeah, because none of it would hang, none of it hangs together. Like none of it makes sense. No. Like what yeah. he's, what he's constructed as the plot of his movie is just like she says, a series of scenes that feel like they're yeah. kind of lifted from other movies. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, she just laughs at him and he doesn't like that at all. Cause he's a, Nasty little man. And um, she frees herself from her um, wheelchair. That was like, no, no. That was so disgusting. So, yeah. Because she's nailed to the the chair. And then she just unnailed. Yeah, it's not very nice. It's not very nice. She has has to lift her hands through the nails kind of thing. Unpleasant. She escapes from this control room and she discovers that she's actually in the middle of the production crew's camp, effectively. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's pretty much abandoned. So there's not really anyone around, but she kind of looks around um, and she finds Fabrizio discussing what's happened and discussing the film with one of his collaborators, who it turns out is... The girl without a tongue. Kiara, Who? which Kiara. at that point I hated her so much. Because <laughs> yeah. she Cause seems even more in control than him. Yeah, and she, he was talking to someone. I was like, it's Kiara. He's talking to Kiara. Of course he's talking to Kiara. <laughs> and then she appears like this horrible little brat who's playing video games. Oh, yeah, she slaps him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she slaps him. She's awful. Um, yeah, she's, she's got awful. she's got like this this uh, pathetic that she can put in her mouth to make it look like she doesn't have a tongue. Um, yeah, and yeah, she's what she's she's way more into it than him. She's way more sinister yeah. than he is. She's a proper. She turns into a really um, like creepy children horror movies. Is a there's a long history of that, and she's she's a very effective like horrible evil little girl in this movie. Yeah, um, for this Definitely. sequence. Um, so um, Elisa has found a shotgun. She has found a shotgun. And we get to the Kill Bill moment. And I can't yeah. believe, I'm so glad you picked up the, because it happens in this film. And I was like, that's from something. That is straight from something else. What is that from? And I couldn't place it. And my brother couldn't place it either. 
And it's totally the bit in Kill Bill where she shoots uh, him with the buckshot from the from the shotgun. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Like it does what it reminds me. You know, that's what it reminded me of. It, but, it's because yeah. it's a caravan. The door opens. The character looks shocked, and then there's there's a split second for them to react, and then Eliza and in, and in Kill Bill the bride fires the gun. But uh, in Kill Bill, she's filled the gun with like uh, what does he keep in his gun in Kill Bill? It's like rock dust or rock salt or something. Yeah, because it just yeah. sort of stuns people, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but in this, it's a shotgun with but with with shotgun bullets pellets in it. So this little girl gets blasted across this. Oh, trail. it was so beautiful! I was like, yes, die! <laughs> she gets absolutely <laughs> just <laughs> flung across this trailer. Um, and then Elise enters the trailer, and um, Fabrizio is uh, like begging for mercy, but she shoots him in the leg. He. Escapes in the he escapes from the trailer. She shoots him in the kneecap, which would be uh, horrible. Uh, yeah. He begs for her mercy, but she um, she does not provide any and, mercy. No, and she films everything. Yeah, yeah. She continues his work almost in a way. Yeah, um, yeah. That that shotgun ends up in his in his mouth and um, d- d- deals with him, and then. <laughs> She uh, and then and then there is a a surreal moment where a small large boy. <laughs> so she runs away, and she finds this like just this little this little kid. <laughs> it's really large, but like, but also he has like um, inflatables. He's got like inflatable arm. like those little like, like armbands that, that kids wear when they're learning to oh. swim, and he's got swimming trunks on. And he yeah. sees her, and she is holding a gun and covered in blood. Yeah, <laughs> she's just... got holes in her hands. Yeah. She does not look good. No, and he doesn't even say, or he doesn't say, he doesn't make any noise at all. He just turns no. around and runs away. <laughs> and um, she follows him, and he escapes with yeah. a little hole in a fence, and she escapes with the hole and turns around and discovers that the entire time they have been on uh, land that is falsely being described as like a military testing center yeah um and uh then there's a very i i I thought this scene was crazy um yeah really well done where she walks out onto the beach uh covered in blood and um every the the beach is full of people um enjoying their holiday sunning themselves having a nice time and she um works walks through all of them her, her phone suddenly gets signal back and she gets a load of messages from her mother asking her what's going on. And uh, everyone is gathered around her filming her because um, that's it, it, slightly overdone satire there, I, I thought, in terms of like, it's a bit sort of your, your kind of 60-year-old aunt sharing a meme on Facebook of like, people don't care anymore about people. They just film everything on their phone. But... um. It's a it's a well shot scene. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think it's like that is for it's for definitely for, but you know. It's, but it's not it's not subtle. Effective. Is is what I'm. It's not. No, it's, it's not, not, not a subtle, subtle moment. It's a very like heavy handed, um, heavy handed moment. But I quite liked yeah. it. And uh, then yeah. she just dives into the sea. Yeah, because nobody's helping her. Everybody's filming her. Yeah. And I love the last shot where she's in the water and all her blood just starts cut with the water. But it's not the last shot because what happens then? What happens then? Uh, then uh, it, it, the credits start. Yeah. 
And then there's another little snippet on blood flicks. <laughs> uh, okay. Where, um, so there, there's, there's a chat. And uh, in the chat, people are uh, being um, not very uh, positive, uh, are leaving not very positive reviews about the film. Yeah. And... Um, that was and very hard for me to follow, by the way. And there's a moment where he's got, um, and you know, people, you know, um, they go, I Italian people cannot do um, horrors. Yeah, and, and Fabrizio says where, that earlier, doesn't he? Yeah, and the guy clicks at the beginning, clicks at the end, clicks at the beginning of the film, watches the beginning, watches the end of the film, and then uh, puts a negative review. Yeah, just gives it a little thumbs down. Yeah. And yeah. and in a way, I then went to read some. Well, and that's and that's the end of the film. Yeah, but just very quick. The reason that I found that hard to follow was just because the way the comments come up and they stay on screen for someone who can read Italian, but they come up as subtitles and then disappear really quickly if you can't read I, Italian. I was like, oh, "What are they saying? What's going on?" But I kind of I, yeah. I got the, I got the gist of it. But uh, yeah. it was definitely yeah. like, and I thought I thought that was good because you know, um, uh, we're going to talk about. I I read some comments after which I thought. Well, like just ridiculous. But, all right, okay, interesting. Okay, some so reviews, that's not comments, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that's well, the film. Uh, people go in a caravan, and it ends with one survivor. Yeah, <laughs> it's a classic is a, horror story. That is absolutely <laughs> a classic horror story, and um, yeah, as you just as you just kind of referenced, it's absolutely split people down the middle. I think it's got exactly fifty oh. percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So, yeah, it's had a very divisive reaction. Um, it's in terms of it being a Netflix horror movie, um, particularly in English speaking countries, it's probably been slightly overshadowed in its release by that huge Fear Street trilogy, which they really put a lot of kind of effort behind pushing, uh, coming out around the time of the release of this movie, which I think is why I kind of wanted us to do this film because it seemed like something that would be interesting and worth talking about Mm. that maybe has had quite a, a strange reaction to it i've seen people loving it and oh, people hating it and really yeah really I just visceral really... in a way like yeah I've, I've seen people that are physically offended by this film like <laughs> offended so like, guys, what did you what did you think how... of it um so i personally i thought it was better than i expected okay um i really enjoyed it um I can see some problems with it uh, if you're not, if you um, are not Italian watching it. Mm. For example, the university she goes to is the Bocconi. She goes, I go to Bocconi University. Elisa, Elisa at one point says, uh, I go, um, I'm in the Bocconi. The Bocconi is like one of the best universities in Italy. Right. So it's um, like saying you go to Oxford if you're in, in the UK. Yeah, yeah. But right. like the Bocconi is like top, top. You have to work really hard to get there. Yeah. And um the thing about the baby, uh like she doesn't want to go to the Bocconi anymore, but the, her mother, there's one scene where her she she talks about her mother and her mother um she wants to quit university and her mother takes her to a villa and she goes, If we hadn't sent you to university, that would be our house. And yes. so the pressure that she has from her family, and I think maybe that's why the, the pregnancy is important, because it's kind of like um, she probably wants to keep this baby, but her mum doesn't want her to keep the baby. Right. And the fact that she wanted to quit university and she's got all this pressure. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I think I think some some things maybe 
if you're not Italian, might get missed. However, yeah. I don't think they're massive things. Yeah. Um, just just the kind of like little character little character things. Um, I. I looked at it as a bit of a, a homage to horror cinema, and I think he they did it really well. Yeah. Uh, the music, uh, I think, was a lot of uh, uh, sometimes was quite inspired by Midsummer. They're like kind of like definitely. I thought it was really well shot. Definitely, some of the scenes early on when they're driving the camper van, uh, and you oh, see those big vistas, you, landscapes yeah. have looked incredible, yeah. looked amazing. So yeah, it's definitely well shot. Um, the the acting I thought was excellent like mm. um matilda lutz that plays elisa she's i think a very good actress have you seen have you seen the film revenge no it's a slightly tough watch because it's got some quite it's got some quite difficult scenes in it but it's a really empowering film i think for her mm. character in particular she is i mean the film is her she's probably on screen 95 percent of the movie um okay. it's her and it's her going up against some misogynistic horrible awful men and um, mm. you know she's kind of the hero of the film. It's great. It's an amazing piece of work. It's like directed by a female um, director. It's it's it, it it's it's brilliant. So if you can, I would really if you mm. liked Matilda Lutz in this, she is mm. everything and more in um in Revenge. And probably her performance in Revenge would have been one of the elements that kind of probably got her hired for this movie. I would say. Mm. But I, I I thought I thought she was amazing, and I yeah. you know I'll probably watch Revenge because I think she's a great, she's great. Uh, Julia Sobel that plays Sofia, I thought she was really good. She's not even yeah. Italian. Um, <laughs> she's got she speaks English. I think she's from I think she's from she, I think she's Ukrainian, but I'm not yeah, sure. But she speaks Italian perfectly. She speaks English perfectly. Um, uh, Pepino Mazzotta as Ricardo, I thought he was great. I thought he was like. Oh, the doctor. You know, yeah, he really, doctor. and also like, there's that's such a stock character in, particularly Italian cinema that I've seen, Italian yeah. horror cinema, like that kind of bearded doctor who's a bit past it and kind of frustrated with the world. Yeah, mm. I thought he did it really well, and it was a good, it was a good character. Um, I thought also, um, unfortunately, like Italian cinema was a cinema that everybody, uh loved so everybody thinks about Dario Argento the best horror in Italy and then and then we have Fellini and then we have Bertolucci and all of these amazing directors and and cinema has not been the same and unfortunately that is still the case because our cinema was so good nobody has ever been able to um succeed in that kind of genre or directing because they've always compared them to the old instead of saying yeah. okay you're you're a good uh, director you no because here in Italy it's all about how old you are yeah 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 experience yeah experience and so only Dario Argento could do good horror films but nobody has ever given the chance to be better than Dario or be as Dario or and so um, a lot of Italian cinema has not really been in par from the old cinema because they've never been given the possibility yeah. to to improve. While whilst in England and in America, you know, you carry on and you, you have amazing directors now, you don't have the same here. Although you can be an amazing director, oh, you're not Dario Argento. And I think that's also what it was going at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The good horror cinema was only with Dario Argento, only with Gialli. 
And I think I think that's what I got from it. And that's why I liked it, because it's also it, it, it kind of it shows you how Italy is not moving on. Yeah, we no, had great directors. Yeah. And even our, like Argento's work throughout the 90s and noughties has been pretty poor as well. Like, I think maybe because maybe because there's that cultural thing of him maybe feeling the need to try and hold on to the past a bit and his work suffered as a result as well. Yeah, yeah. So I I, I felt like it was a good film. Uh, but uh, let's talk about the reviews after. <laughs> freaking ridiculous. But what did you think? <laughs> no, because like people were like, I was reading and I was just like, what What film did you watch? Uh, <laughs> That's interesting because I didn't, I looked at kind of the Rotten Tomatoes score and stuff, but I didn't do much reading of reviews and stuff after I watched it. So I'll be interested to hear what you discovered. I liked it. I, I was expecting, based on all the reviews, I was expecting to, it, I was kind of figured it wouldn't be a masterpiece necessarily, mm. but that I was hoping I'd get something out of it and enjoy it. And that's kind of exactly what happened. Like I liked it. Yeah. I thought the characters were good. I thought the actors were good. It was well directed. It had some beautiful cinematography as you've discussed. Um, you know, Matilda, like when it started and Matilda Lutz's name came up on screen, I was like, Oh, I mean, I mean, I, I immediately kind of a slight weight shifted off me. Cause I was like, I'm in safe hands here. There's at least one actor in it that <laughs> I know can like deliver a really good performance. Um, mm. but everyone else was good around her. And yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was really enjoyable. I liked picking up on the little references and moments that felt like other similar movies. There were points where it almost, almost for me, like the mid, the midsummer scene is so midsummer. So it's Mm. wild, but I don't, I don't really dislike it for that, but it's definitely like, that's probably the point in the movie where it really goes all in on being a reference point to other stuff. I think for me, the only point where it sort of slightly falls down and loses itself a bit is when it, is time to reveal what's going on and make that big reveal for me. And this is what I love about cabin in the woods, like in cabin in the woods, all these weird things are happening. And then when it reveals what's actually going on, it's like, Oh, it's so much bigger than you could ever have imagined. Mm. Like, I don't want to spoil it because people should go out and watch the cabin in the woods, but like, you've got like, it is the, the truth behind what's happening is massive. You couldn't, you couldn't mm. imagine it in this. I feel a little bit like, what's actually happening almost makes it smaller, almost brings it in a bit closer and makes the world feel a bit smaller mm. because it could be, well, because <laughs> where's the budget to make this? Like it's, in, it's insane what they've, what they've achieved. It's, it's completely, but like it, it feels almost like you want a bigger explanation. You want something slightly, just slightly more. Like it's only about an hour and a half long. Make the movie 10 minutes longer and just add a, another layer at the end to just like go all in on the mafia connection. Have it be that there's some sort of, um, you know, maybe the, the, maybe those people were somehow engineered to be in that because they've done something to anger the mafia. And it's as well as being a snuff film or whatever, it's also their way of taking mm. out people and dealing with people they don't like. That's just an idea off the top of my head. But like, just for me, it needed just one slight extra layer of something at the end mm. to really kind of make it perfect. Possibly because I find that sort of, um, that kind of satire of, oh, people don't help each other anymore. They just film things slightly mm. cynical. And it, it kind of gets on my nerves because I, I kind of try to be more optimistic about the world than that. Mm. So having it kind of end on that point, even though it's well done and well shot, for me, just brings it down a little bit. But it's a good, it's a well-made film. Overall, I enjoyed it, and it definitely deserves uh, more than it seems to have received since it came out, I think. So what did you discover when you looked up the reviews? 
like I feel like people did did <laughs> this guy. Tell me what you think. Okay. Well, don't want to be mean about it, but Italian horror still has to learn. Okay. Who are you? <laughs> Who the hell are you? Uh, even if you're a big Argento fan, you have to admit they're not quite there yet. What does that even mean? And why exactly. is like I I love I love the work of Dario Argento, but he's not the only person. Even in the heyday of Jallo, he wasn't the only person out there making movies. Uh, then blah 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 blah. Uh, boy, was I wrong. For a classic horror story, managed to mash up so many other movies before it, like Wrong Turn, Silent Hill, The Ritual, Midsummer, Cabin in the Woods, and possibly others, being all over the place without an identity for itself, just randomly copying everything it remembered. That's the point of the film, though. That's, That's the, the point of the film! Like, what have you seen, let's call, uh, just from the title, a classic horror story? Done. You're already saved by the title. It's not like, oh, this is an original horror film that has nobody has ever made before. Yeah. That's not the title of the film. This is called a classic horror story. Um, and then uh, it's like the thing let loose in a horror section, morphing into an abomination that simply put does not make sense. Again, that's the point. Yeah. The point and is that like, Fabrizio has sort of is is artlessly aping all because Fabrizio's not a talented yeah. movie. No, it's a fine line for the makers of the film itself to 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 yeah. um to make a movie about a character who is artlessly ripping off horror movies and not have their movie be artlessly ripping him off. And I I think that they succeeded in that. And it, yeah, that those reviews are frustrating. Yeah, but it but there's so many like these. Uh... And then, you know, the classic, oh, I'm so funny, not my cup of cappuccino. Oh, go away. Oh, that's good. Um, I like it. Thanks a latte for that review. So, and then one of them, this is a pathetic horror movie. The good guys were brain dead and the bad guys were sadistic for no reason. A senseless kill fest. No, what? They didn't watch the movie. They turned it off after an hour. I it, that, that's what I th- and that's exactly when when the when the last bit he uh it clicks at the beginning of the film and then it clicks at the end it sees the beginning sees the end and then puts a and I think that's what people did yeah and um it, it's crazy and I was like what and then this guy oh how disappointing I found myself quickly realizing that the film took from many others deliberately. And in many ways, that can work. This didn't. It was, clum- it was clumsy, a bit haphazard, and no real good indication of why the killings and maimings... Maimings? What are maimings? Maiming is like um, injuring somebody without killing them, like cutting off Ah, were happening. Yeah. To make enough films. Yeah. But also, the film, like, within... Before that reveal is made, it's to... Um, placate the three brothers who started the... Ma- like, even within the film itself, they give a explanation. It's not a good one, but it's not as if there's no indication at any point in the movie. They discovered that, and I, th- I, re- I think the artwork and that and the design of the masks for those three characters are really well done. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed that stuff. Like, that wouldn't have made it a good film if that was where it finished, but it's there. Even if you only watched an hour of it and turned it off, there's still, like, plot to the film. But I just... I just... I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I feel... And there's this guy. 
classic, definitely not. Blair Witch meets the village meets Midsummer. There you go. <laughs> well, yeah. A classic horror the, film. The village. I guess there are little vibes of the village in there. That's a bad movie, though. Let's not... Why would you... Uh, anyway. But but one thing is, like, this guy loves horror, yeah? The, the guys are made and definitely love horror. And yeah, they have yeah, seen yeah. a lot of horror films. They have, they've taken the main bits from horror. That's my belief of a non-horror watcher. So I might be completely wrong. If you like what... I don't know. But what I'm saying is just I feel like he... Likes horror movies. He made one that incorporates a lot of them, and he made it well. Yeah, he made a an I a, a fun movie to watch. I think. I think it. What I think what those people kind of are missing almost. I don't know because I feel like if this movie got remade in America, a classic horror story with like a very similar plot, there would be a character whose job in the movie. Is similar to in Jamie Kennedy in Scream, whose job in the movie would be to be a big horror nerd and to hang a lampshade on every reference and to be like, oh my God, they just did the, they just did a misery to him. Oh my God, this is like Midsummer. Like in America, they wouldn't be able to resist really saying what it is. And that, and yeah. I feel almost like the people are saying, oh, it's, art, it's just artlessly like mishmashing it, would love it if it, if it, had, that, if it had that meta narrative to it where like there's a yeah. character pointing it all out instead of just letting people realize where things are being um yeah ref- referenced and stuff it's interesting no i think i think it has more to it than that i hope i hope that some people listen to this and will watch it and give it a bit of a, a bit of a time yeah um because it feels like it's really in it's there's, it's in danger of coming and going a bit yeah i want to go to everywhere and put five stars or four <laughs> and a half just to, just to be like but i don't know i i i just thought I I I I feel the guys that made it are frustrated with cinema in a way because yeah. I think in Italy cinema has not young people in cinema in Italy haven't been given the time of day. It's and just it's like just Luca Guadino, right? Yeah, yeah, and he has to do films in English. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he has to because I was yeah. thinking about he remade Suspiria, but like that's set in Germany and stars like an English speaking cast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is sad. Yeah, and also you that are a horror film expert, fan, fan, appreciate, mega fan. Okay, you that are you are a horror film mega fan because you're a mega fan. Okay. Um, aren't a lot of horror films inspired by other horror films? Yeah, definitely. Well, that's because, well, that, like, the, the more so than any other genre of movie, horror is split into untold numbers of subgenres, and they all follow set, like, slasher films tend to follow set rules. A ghost story, yeah. like a, ha- a haunted house movie, you can rely on a certain number of things to happen in it. Yeah, definitely. Like, the, the subgenres yeah. follow established rules established by other films. Um, people yeah. lost in the woods, home invasion films, like they all have a certain way of being. And the the really good films are the ones that come along and somebody's worked out a way to put a fresh twist on it and not necessarily follow the rules. But there are plenty exactly. of enjoyable horror movies that use those rules and use them well. James Wan, who we talked about at the start of the fil- this podcast, mm. is a master of using the established rules but doing it so well that he creates something that feels, it doesn't matter, it doesn't feel fresh or original, it's so entertaining that it's a good film. That's what the conjuring is. Exactly. There's nothing new in the conjuring that hasn't been done before. He just does it so well that it's great. And in a way, I feel that this 
there's nothing original about this film, but it's done in a good way. So I think that's what that's what going to to watch a film is about is enjoying that hour and a half or two hours that you have in front of you. And if it's done in a in a good entertaining way, because it was entertaining. Yeah. And no, I, I think people just watched it with this kind of like judgmental eye. Oh, this is copied from this and this is copied from that. You make a film. You make a film. You make an original film that doesn't copy other films and then you can judge. Okay. Uh, an alien signal comes down to Earth and hits a packet of jelly babies and one of the jelly babies becomes sentient and grows to be six feet tall and starts absorb. No, that's just the blob. No, I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's been episode 41 of Culture Bucket. It's been a fun time. Yes. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed uh, talking about this film, actually. I'm glad that we did something a bit less well-known, potentially a bit smaller, That we, yeah. um, but we were able to really sink our teeth into it, I think, and... I hope mm. you've enjoyed listening to it. Let us know if um, if you did or if you didn't. Give us a shout. Join us next time for episode 42, where we're going to be doing our top five uh, teen films, but not teen films as in films about teens, but films that were released during the teens, as in between 2010 and 2019. I don't know how else to... That's the best way I could describe it. So... Um, look out for that episode next week. Uh, please come and join us for that. It's going to be wonderful. Um, and uh, yeah, find us. Find us on Instagram. Find us on on Facebook. We've got a Facebook group. You can come and chat in. Look for us everywhere. There's, there are links in the show notes always to where we can be found on the internet. So please come and join us and talk to us and let us know what you think of what we're doing. We'd really really appreciate any and all feedback. Um, and uh, yeah. Join us next time. It's been great. And um, see you soon. Thank you. Love you. Thank you. Love you very much. Bye. Bye.